It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's Friday. It's Friday. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? If you don't have kids, you have no idea what song it is, but that's a Kids Bop special. For those that have kids and have to ride in a car and can't listen to profanity or anything but Kids Bop, that's me right now. That's my life. Um, but it's Friday, people. It's raining in Minnesota. I don't know what it is in your area. St. Louis, we know Reggie's representing St. Louis. I don't know what the weather is out there. It's probably better than here. But on this beautiful Friday, we are down for the round table. I got Luke Inman. I got Sam Ekstrom. I got Reggie Wilson. And this is Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we are going to get locked in on this show. So lock us in, Luke. What you got? Yeah, Rob, we got to talk about these wild and crazy NFL mock drafts we saw unveiled this week and which quarterback the Vikings are now being projected. Mm. I know exactly who's going to win the final four, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you who that is so you can get your fan duel bets in now. Hey, baseball season is back. We celebrated opening day and we saw the Twins win, but it wasn't necessarily the most thrilling. But it was fast. Yeah. Well, we got to talk about basketball. The referees, get this, hate Minnesota sports teams. Have you ever heard that one before? Pretty sure you have because they hate the Vikings. They hate the Timberwolves, according to Rudy Gobert. But also, Nas Reed got hurt. We're going to talk about what that means for this playoff run for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We got that coming up. But before we get into our topics, you know what? quarterbacks quarterbacks in the nfl they run the nfl we know that you they're they're polarizing you got aaron Rodgers, you got lamar jackson you got deshaun watson you got kirk cousins when he got 84 million you got rg3 in the booth and everybody's talking about his knee and should lamar jackson have played quarterbacks run the world beyonce said girls run the world Mm -mm. quarterbacks run the world well girls do run the world but quarterbacks are second in the world and we all had a chance to kind of pick our top five quarterbacks in the nfl by conference eventually we're going to do just nfl and i can't wait for that because if we were to do a top 10 with our top five per would you change your top 10 if you just had to pick 10 period or with these with these five from each make your top 10 we're going to jump out there though we got five from the afc five from the nfc nfc we're gonna start with you luke what you got yeah, let me start in the AFC real quick. Obviously, Mahomes is the new go-to the entire league now that Brady's gone. He's taken him to three Super Bowls already. The thing I always wonder in the back of my mind, though, is who is Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid? Because the quarterback-coach relationship now, probably the most important relationship in the NFL. Andy Reid's going down as one of the best offensive coaches in the history of the game. So what does Mahomes look like on the Browns or the Lions, etc.? Something to think about. Or what does Joe Burrow look like if he got Andy Reid? That's what I'd love to see. I got Burrow number two on the list, and I think before it's all said and done, he's going to end up with a few Super Bowls of his own. I really do. He's got that it factor like Brady had, the calm demeanor, the pocket presence he can't really teach. I think they'll be competitive for a long time. Round out my AFC list, Josh Allen at three, Lamar Jackson at four, Justin Herbert at five. Switch over to the NFC, Jalen Hurts, easy choice at number one. Matt Stafford, number two, though, Rom. People want to forget this guy just won the Super Bowl two years ago. Former number one overall pick for a reason. Still got an absolute cannon when healthy. I think he's the best of the 
these guys, again, when healthy. Dak Prescott, number three, he struggled with injuries a lot, but when he's healthy, his combination of athleticism, accuracy, arm strength, decision-making, I think makes for just a better overall quarterback than Kirk Cousins, who's four on my list. Obviously, Cousins doesn't miss games, though, and you can't overlook that. That's extremely valuable. I just think Cousins needs the situation, the surroundings to look perfect. When it does, he can put up great stats. He wins the games. And then I got Danny Dimes at number five. Danny Dimes, clearly number five, fifth best quarterback in the NFC. What do you guys think? What do you guys say? Yeah, I mean, I think this proves how difficult the NFC is compared. Like the, the NFC is difficult to even find five. The AFC is difficult to narrow it down to five because you also didn't include Aaron Rodgers in this, Luke, and he's kind of he's kind of in the AFC category now. So, and I think that's valid because I think there are some legit young quarterbacks in the AFC. You might actually kick Rodgers out of that top five. Danny Dimes, though, man, oh. Oh, that's nobody rough. does less. <laughs> that's rough. Nobody does more Dude. with less, excuse me, than Danny Dimes. Top what five you got, for Reggie? a reason. The three, <laughs> four years, man. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What you got, Reggie? You, you could have stopped with your first statement. No one does less. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Clean that out. No, 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 no. No, no one does less, man. I, you mm-hmm. know what? I respect your list, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there were so many other quarterbacks you could have put. You could have put Justin Fields on there before Daniel Jones. And I understand. He beat the Vikings, all that in the playoffs. That's he fine. But my man's only threw for 15 touchdowns this past season. Like, nah, man, no. Luke, your list is missing the Carolina Panthers quarterback. Mm. He should be on your list over Daniel Jones. And the fact that the New York Jets quarterback, who's going to, like, take the world by storm with Alan Lazard. I mean, come on now. You got Alan Lazard now with Garrett Wilson. And and Brees Hall, come on now. Aaron Rodgers is definitely like Aaron Rodgers might push Patrick Mahomes off the throne at some point if if he gets in there before. Like the Packers are going to wait to the last minute. We know that, but that's the only thing I would say your list is lacking is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I like the other those five though. The AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. I will say that, especially now adding Aaron Rodgers. So the AFC is the toughest. Sam, let's take a look at your list. All right, here we go, guys. I don't think you've seen this yet because I, I kept it to myself. I didn't want the ridicule. Um, I've got in the NFC, Hurts number one. I think he's universally number one. Dak Prescott, I have number two. I just think that he's a step above Cousins for the reasons Luke laid out, more athleticism. Look at his record, guys. I mean, he's way over mm. 500 as a quarterback when he plays. Um, I do respect QB wins. I think Cousins slots in at number three, though. I think he's right there in that top three in the NFC because of his consistency year to year, his durability. I've got the newcomer Derek Carr at number Mm. four. That's my spicy one. And Justin Fields, number five, because there is nobody that can use their legs like Justin Fields can. He is unique in that sense. On the other side of things, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, one and two, just like Luke had. I think that's fairly cut and dried. Josh Allen, I like number three. He is a freight train with his legs, gigantic arm. Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to put in that number four spot. He needs to prove something to me. You know, is this going to be the the Favre situation where he goes to the Jets and kind of looks a little lackluster, or uh, will this be Favre like going to the Vikings where he's just phenomenal? And then Lamar Jackson didn't know what to do with them, um, but I can't overlook that record that he has as a starter. It's unbelievable. So Lamar Jackson, number five. I will say. Your list, Sam, I like it. I totally forgot about David Carr coming over. 
I totally did. Or Derek Carr. Sorry, David Carr played with me. David Carr is um, not in my top five. <laughs> well, we had Joy Harrington on, so David Carr was in my head. <laughs> but, but Joe, but David Carr uh, or Derek Carr. Why do I keep saying David? Derek Carr. I forgot about that. That that one. That's going to be an interesting one because he's coming over to an NFC uh, where you know he's going to be relied upon. I guess you'll say. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in the NFC. But again people weren't in love with him with the Raiders. So was it, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. Was it coach or was it player? Reggie, what you got for Sam's list? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily like the car one just because like you said, Ron, like he couldn't even finish the year as the starter in Vegas. And when he was playing, he didn't look all that great with all the weapons that he had as yeah. well. So, and then, um, I appreciate Fields. I would like to say Fields is top five, but I just don't think he's accomplished enough just yet to put him up there in that in that top five conversation. It seems that you kind of put Prescott and Cousins in there and, and you factored in all these quarterbacks record. But then with Justin Fields, you you just talked about his legs. You didn't really factor in <laughs> his record as a starter. All so. the losses. Don't get yeah. all factual. On Luke, me. you got anything to say about Sam's list? <laughs> yeah, you're just missing Danny Dimes. Top five. <laughs> oh my god. Top five in rushing yards for a quarterback. Just think about this. The first three, four years of his career, absolute joke. Okay. Fully admitting that. He had the worst GM and the worst coaching staff in the entire league. That's not his fault. Finally gets a real coach his first year. He goes off. And he's still got the worst surrounding cast of any of these guys. Nobody can name three weapons in the Giants passing game. I just think he's criminally underrated between the arm and the legs. And I think he's only going to get better and better over these next few years. Watch out, guys. Reggie, what's your list? All right, read it and weep. We got <laughs> on the on the AFC side. Like, it's pretty much chalk, I feel like. Mahomes, um, Burrow. I put Rodgers at three just because he's a little bit more accomplished than Josh Allen. I'm still waiting on Josh Allen to actually like win some stuff. Right now, I kind of have Josh Allen in that Philly Riv category where it's just like he's good in the regular season. He can do a little bit in the playoffs, just good, but not good enough to get them over that hump. And then Lamar Jackson. Obviously, if he's healthier, he's probably higher on this list. I just think the world of him, but... Not really sure where he's going to be next year, but I don't know if it's going to be in the NFC, so I kept him on the AFC side. On the other side, Jalen Hurts obviously just went to the Super Bowl. He's won Stafford for the reasons that Luke talked about. He's a Super Bowl champion. Last year was kind of a wash. He was injured a lot, so I won't hold that against him. Geno Smith, they wrote him off. He didn't write back, though. Let's <laughs> 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, almost a 70% completion percentage. And his numbers were, uh, you might say, give or take with Kirk Cousins. So I put Cousins on there. Cousins had a, a really good season, first year under KLC. So uh, I put him there. And then Dak Prescott, he outdueled Brady in that first playoff game. Got to give him some respect. But I think I don't have him higher on this list is because – I don't know that he's really the guy that can help them. I think after they lost to San Francisco, I think there was a lot of people in Dallas like having some conversations like, okay, like have we reached our ceiling with this guy? But he's still uh, a, 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 an above average quarterback, so I put him to round out that five. What you got for that, Luke? 
Yeah, I, I just say it's a solid five. I, I respect that you got Geno in there. Love what he did last season. Going to be really interesting to see what Seattle does with two mm. first-round picks. Do they draft a quarterback early, let him sit, let Geno do his thing for another year or two? The thing about Rodgers is when you're making these lists, here's the two questions I ask myself. Where do I rank these guys if I needed to just win one game? And where do I rank these guys if I was building a team from scratch? I don't think I would have Rodgers in either top five category for either of those if I needed to win win one game over guys like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, or if I was building a team, just giving off his age. So Sam nailed it. He's got a lot to prove this year, and I think we all assume eventually this deal is going to get done. He will be playing for the Jets. He's going to be surrounded by a phenomenal defense and great offensive weapons, but he's still got to prove something. And I think what we saw over the last year or two certainly is showing us a serious steep decline in his play. Can he revive that all of a sudden? I'm not sure. I'm not sold on that quite yet. What you got, Sam? Yeah, I think you guys are overrating Stafford. If you'll you'll remember, I did not have Stafford in my top five. I think that he was a little bit of an enigma in the Super Bowl season. Like we we all had Kirk Cousins at three, at four, right? And if you go season for season, Cousins and Stafford, I think that Cousins is the better QB all the way. Uh, much better record. He throws way fewer interceptions. He's way more durable. I, I just like Cousins more than Stafford, and I think that if you're going to put Stafford anywhere, I think it would have to be five. Um, I just I view him as kind of a flash in the pan, all the stars aligned, had an incredible defense when he won the Super Bowl. I don't think he's a top-five quarterback, let alone number two. I think in the AFC, love it. I think the AFC, anybody can be anywhere in that top seven. I, mean, I think the AFC mm-hmm. with Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, you look at him, you add Trevor Lawrence to that, and then Justin Herbert even, maybe, I mean, eight even. If you say eight, you can put anybody in that, but Justin Herbert and uh, Trevor Lawrence can be in there easily as well. So the AFC is loaded. NFC, I can't put Dak Prescott in there because he let his running back play center for the last play of his career with the Cowboys. Like, you, you, no I, like awareness. If, if the coach calls in and says, hey, okay, we're going to run that one play. Wait, what? That one? Pl- no, hell no, no, no. Time out, time out. Get your ass back here, running back. Uh, bring my center back in the game. Like, what the hell are we doing, coach? Why is the running back at center? Like, he can't go off for a pass. He's ineligible. And did you think you were going to trick somebody? Dak Prescott, it's your fault. You should not have allowed that. Like, you can call an audible. Get Zeke away from center. Like, that's the dumbest thing ever. If he was eligible at center, then I get it. Because nobody would have guarded him. And that's one of those Fumbaruskis. They weren't even going to do that. So that, to me, I have no idea what they were about to do. Uh, That's the only reason why I can't put Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith, I would have flipped those two. But you can't argue with Stafford and Hurts, so I like the list. For my list, it's a little bit more, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. But here's my list. I got Justin Hurts at one because he's the clear-cut favorite. I got Kirk Cousins at two because, come on now. When you look at yards, he was in the top five. So I got to put Kirk Cousins up there. He had 13 wins. If we're going to talk about wins, he won 13 games. He won on primetime. He had the greatest comeback in NFL history. It's Kirk Cousins at two. Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. After those three, I could put anybody in there. I could put C.J. Stroud in there. I could put Bryce Young in there. I could put Anthony Richardson probably in there. After you watch that kid throw at 244 pounds, but I'm going to go Geno Smith because he had a great year. And then Jared Goff because he is doing a lot with a little in Detroit and they are going to continue to get better. AFC, easy. Mahomes, Rodgers because he's still Aaron Rodgers. Joe Burrow because he's got to take Rodgers off his throne this year. Josh Allen. And then I'm going to go with the young rook and Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence actually outdueled uh, Herbert. If Herbert had beat Lawrence, I would have win Herbert, but Lawrence beat Herbert head to head. And that's my list. What you guys think? 
I love that you got Trevor Lawrence on this. Somebody had to show him a little bit respect. He's, in my opinion, one of the best young up-and-coming quarterbacks in the entire league. I love that he finally got paired with a real coach in Doug Peterson. And you're right, Ron. Anybody after Hurts, Cousin, and Stafford, I feel like, you can throw up on that list in the NFC. It's wide open. And when we have this same discussion next year at this time, I'm with you. I think C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields could certainly be in the discussion to be top five NFC quarterbacks for sure. Sam? Yeah, no uh, no Lamar, no Prescott. That's pretty spicy. I mean, you're talking about two quarterbacks with uh, with winning percentages like 70% in their careers. So yeah. that's, uh, I mean, but I, I get it. Like, I get why kind of recent events would would knock those guys out of the top five with the way that things are going with Lamar um, and just kind of the messy season he had last year. And then Prescott, obviously, melting down in the playoffs. I get it. Only reason I didn't put Lamar in there was because he might end up with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, Adam Thielen needs a quarterback. They might trade that number one pick to the Ravens. Who knows? Mm-hmm. What, you, what you got? What you think, Reggie? Yeah, I don't see that happening, bro. Uh, but <laughs> I look, one thing that that I have as far as a rebuttal for uh, Stafford with what Sam said, his season that he had before, the, the, the Super Bowl season, the, the one that he had before last year was wiped out by injury. The dude threw for nearly 5,000 yards yep. and 41 touchdowns, yep. had a near 70% completion percentage. Like, I don't know what else you want from a quarterback that leads his team to a Super Bowl. He outdueled Brady in that playoff game. Like, I, I think he definitely deserves to be in that top tier of that top five list. But then Jared Goff, like, okay. I kind of wrestled with that a little bit. Did I put golf or Prescott? But I think just based on the success of last year, the Cowboys went further than the Lions did. So I think Prescott kind of won out. Trevor Lawrence, though, I actually don't think he's all that good. Like, I think Whoa. he's just kind of a, a, a overinflated game manager. Like, I think he can make some throws. But I put him and Jared Goff kind of in that same – category like I don't think they're gonna necessarily win you games like I know we saw that in the playoffs but like I don't think that's a consistent clutch gene that he has I think Doug in that offense you talk about Luke you talked about pairing a quarterback with the head coach how that kind of marriage helps a quarterback I think him going with Doug is a great marriage and I think Doug puts him in positions to be successful but I, I don't know. I wouldn't put them top five, though, and all these quarterbacks in the AFC. Well, we're talking about marriage. You got to talk about quarterbacks because you, when you draft a quarterback, you're married for at least two or three years, as most marriages last in this new millennial. Or not, this is not even millennial. We are millennial. I hate when people say millennials and they're under the millennials is like our age. Like they are in the mid 30s, for like young 40s, mid 30s. Like, but anyway, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about the world and the words they like to use. We're going to talk about draft. There's some spicy draft stuff going on, and people are now linking the Minnesota Vikings to a prominent quarterback or any quarterback in this draft. There's a couple that Luke has some nuggets he wants to drop. But before we do that, people, remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a par partner with Care 11. Just visit care11.com backslash locked on for the links to every one of our locked on shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. Yeah, make sure to check out Reggie Wilson on Care 11. Uh, we are also brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the place to be to wager on the Final Four, which starts on Saturday. Tournament is heating up. 
NBA and NHL coming down to the wire, and the Masters is one week away. You got to jump on at FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up there. Claim that no-sweat first bet. Hundreds of ways to wager. You can't imagine the the breadth of options. International, um, tennis, soccer, anything you can imagine. XFL, that's available too. It's all on the FanDuel app, which is safe, secure, and easy to use. Don't miss your shot at that no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, well, let's lock in on this one. Quarterbacks, Minnesota Vikings, NFL draft. Everybody originally was saying interior linemen. There's John Michael Schmidt, and then there's the kid out of Florida. But people are now saying quarterback. What do you think, Luke? Because you're the one that kind of bought this up. Where are you going with this? Well, it was a wild week of mock drafts. I mean, first you got Charles Davis giving the Vikings Will Levis from Kentucky, which was crazy because really all we've heard, all pre-draft process, he's a top-tier quarterback. He's not getting out of the top 10. To, so to see him at 23, that's the lowest I've seen him over the last few months. Two days later, you got Daniel Jeremiah giving the Vikings Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. He's been a highly polarizing player. People seem to be on the fence on pretty split discussion when it comes to Hendon Hooker. A lot of people think he's a second or third round guy at most. So to see him that high obviously caused a lot of discussion. Then just a few days ago, you got Mike Tannenbaum, former New York Jets GM, puts Hendon Hooker all the way in the top five to Seattle. So I think it's just time people realize Hendon Hooker is going to go in the first round, whether you like it or not. He's the most accurate quarterback in the SEC last year, the toughest conference in the country, 28-2 to two touchdown to interception ratio before the ACL tear. And people love to talk about the Tennessee gimmicky offense. All that gimmicky offense did was thump the best defense in the nation when Hooker threw five touchdowns versus Nick Saban in Alabama. So I think he's got enough tools to warrant a first-round pick. I'm not really concerned about the ACL tear. That just means you get to let him sit for a year, which I actually prefer for these young quarterbacks. These quarterbacks now play well into their 30s now, too, we're seeing. So I don't really care about the older age. He's going to be 25 his rookie year. And when it comes to the just the Vikings specifically, Ron, when you're constantly winning – eight, nine, ten games every year, you're never going to be picking in the top five, top ten to draft one of these elite blue-chip guys, you know, the C.J. Strouds and Bryce Youngs. This is a rare case. You can get a first-round talent in the middle to late first round. So these mocks, they cause a lot of commotion. But I, for one, I really love to see uh, some of these Vikings picks, specifically Hendon Hooker. And I hope whether it's Hooker or Levis or somebody else, the Vikes do get someone in under Cousins now. So he's ready to roll when that contract expires in 2024. Sam, what you got? Yeah, I mean, Luke, it really takes brave, courageous people like us to come out in defense of Hendon Hooker so that Daniel <laughs> Jeremiah could have the, <laughs> the comfort to, to right. mock him to Minnesota for Mike Tannenbaum. Right. I mean, they were really empowered by our kind of um, activism on behalf of Hendon Huge Hooker. Huge fans of the show. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know, I know they listen to it religiously, and and uh, now, now we have started this train. There's no stopping it now. Hendon Hooker, what's next? Mocking him number one to Carolina. I am a big Hooker fan. A lot of people. <laughs> whoa, <aren't>. whoa, <laughs> but, whoa, 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 whoa! 
Hey, uh, you mentioned I'm, did I mention I'm going to Vegas? No. Hendon uh, Hooker, I think I think that we're sleeping on him because of his age. We're sleeping on him because of his ACL tear. I think he's going to be a good pro. I really do. I think he's got a lot of tools. Uh, you bring him in, let him sit for a year, get healed up, learn behind Kirk Cousins. I think it makes sense. Um, and if you want to disagree with me, that's fine. But I think we're going to – Luke and I are going to be uh, vindicated on draft. Reggie, what you got? First off, I think Mike Tannenbaum should not be allowed to be on ESPN's television. Like, <laughs> obviously, he didn't work out as a GM with the Jets, and that was for a reason. The dude is loony. Like, that mock draft that he put out was ridiculous. <laughs> like, even the guys on NFL Live were just, like, ready to throw something at the screen. Like, What else did he do? I, I haven't seen the whole thing. It was nonsensical. Like the, once, once he, once he did the the Hendon Hooker to the uh, to the the who was the Seahawks, Seahawks. at five. They Seahawks were like, five, okay, yeah. all right, okay. And then I think he had the the running back Jameer Gibbs going twenty seven. And in this day and age, like having that be not Bajan, but having that be the running back that goes in the first round, like that. I, yeah, no. he had Bijan going 19 to Tampa, and then he had Anthony Richardson fall into 11 to the Titans. I really don't mm-hmm. see him getting outside the top 10. I will say this to your point, Reg. I don't think Hennon Hooker's going top five. I really don't. I, yeah. I think this was fun to talk about, you know, and and stir up some discussion. Um, I still like him for the the Vikings at pick 23. Maybe they got to even trade up a couple spots with Seattle, for example, up to 18, 17, to make sure Detroit or Seattle doesn't snipe them with their second pick. But a lot of times these mock drafts, maybe half or so, is just based on their evaluation and the tape they've watched of that player. But the other half is also what they're hearing. And he's a former GM for New York. Like you said, didn't work out, but he's got a lot of ties. And this is what I'll say, though. This is what I say about him. Former GM has a lot of ties. It is not about the film. This is the problem with GMs versus scouts. There are certain scouts that watch the film, and there's, and I'll start my clock now. GMs watch film, but not the same way scouts do, because there are some GMs that never played. Now, there are some, Lynch, some of these, they played the game, so they know what they're watching. Some GMs have never played, so they really don't know what they're watching. They're taking the scouts' information, who go out all the time and watch, and they're also just listening to other GMs who throw out bombs to get them off the scent. Like they, it's literally like if you have a, I mean, think about it. When you have kids or you have an animal and you're sick of them, you just throw something like, go get that. And they do that. They like, like, like Aaron Rodgers telling what you call to stop texting me. Like, come on. Like, that's what they do. They'll throw something out there to get them off the scent and throw us all off. Here's our go really quick. Cause I got 20 seconds left on my clock. I think the Minnesota Vikings do not take Hinton Hooker. If they do take a quarterback, it has to be a great one that falls. The biggest issue with interior linemen is they're all old. When I looked at the list of the top 10, there's some really good ones out there, but you got redshirt senior, redshirt senior, six-year senior, six-year senior, six-year senior, six-year senior. There's one redshirt junior that's Joe Tippin out of Wisconsin. And then you go back down, you got a one redshirt sophomore at Ohio State, Luke Weipner, or Weipler, and I think he's going to be good, but, you know, he's young. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. The, the steal of the draft, and he could be there for the Vikings, is Osiris Torrance out of Florida. He's a senior, a true senior, 6'5", 360 pounds. If you want somebody to move and you're going to run the ball, Osiris Torrance, he played at LSU. Mm -hmm. He then followed uh, his coach over to Florida. That's the way to go for the Vikings because John Michael Schmidt, 
could be there because he is also the number two graded interior lineman now after because Tippin was originally a one to two, like first or second round guy. But now he's kind of jumped into the first round for sure, moving John Michael Schmidt down one. But John Michael Schmidt is a true uh, center who could play guard, but a true center. And they already re-signed Bradbury. So Osiris Torrance could be the way to go at guard if you're looking for a guard, if you're not happy with what you have right now. That's where I go with that. But we got to move on. A lot more to talk about. Really quick, though. The Wild, Sam, 30 seconds each. What happened with the Wild and where are they staying right now? Wild are two points back of the Western Conference lead. They lead the Central. They're three points up in the Central. They are two points back, though, of the overall Western Conference lead, a chance at home ice throughout the Western Conference playoffs, and they are taking on the Vegas Golden Knights the next two games. Vegas is the team that leads them by two. So they go to Vegas on Saturday, come back home and play them here. It's a home and home. If they win both guys, a great chance to win the West, which is incredible what they've done without Kaprizov. This team is on fire. Big win against Colorado on Wednesday. And my big question is, is Gustafson going to be the guy in that going forward because he had a huge performance against the Avs. Do they stick with him against Vegas, and how will he perform? That's what I'm watching for. The craziest thing is Kaprizov hasn't played, and he's still their leading points guy. That's wild. Like That's crazy. 74 points. He's still the leader. Zuccarello, 65 right behind him. Eric Sinek, 59. Boldy, 57. Goudreau, 35. Like, 74, and he's been out. Like, I would have, like... It's so sad that he's out because I would I feel like he would have chased like some type of history or some type of big time thing. Uh, but what you think about the wild right now, Reggie, where they're going? I think it's incredible. I think expectations for the wild this year was just they were tempered a little bit because, you know, they they kind of had had a rebuild, if you will. I, I don't know if, if you would call us a quasi competitive rebuild, but I don't think people were thinking that they would be better than last season, but like this team is cooking and the fact that they don't have Kirill Kaprizov and they are still finding ways to win. Like there were times where it looked like Kirill and the pips out there. Like if they didn't have Kirill, they wouldn't score. And now all of a sudden he's not out there and they're just scoring goals and, and beating everybody. So I think this is incredible to see because I don't know if I thought that the Wild were going to be as good as they are, especially looking at how they started the season. It was like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. They they got Flower in that. He looks like he's over the hill. And now they got this situation again, just like last year with Cam Talbot, where Gus is playing well, Flower is playing well, and it's like, okay, who gets the edge? You would argue that Gus is kind of playing the best of almost any goalie in the league right now so they're gonna have some decisions to make once again but they're in a really good spot well before we jump into the last we got three topics left people three topics left stick around with us we're going to talk about the final four of course we got to talk about the nba rudy gobert he's becoming one of us like i'm i'm i think i'm almost one of us i've been here almost 10 11 years mm -hmm. now so i'm kind of one of us i still complain about the refs that's my twitter bit uh, people don't get it. It's just a bit. I love to complain because everybody loves to jump on it. I don't understand. I get 200,000 replies during a Vikings game and people still don't understand. I'm just doing it because y'all get mad when I video and put out a ref screwed us. And Rudy Gobert has joined me in the fight of refs versus Minnesota. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. 
It's the last day to vote at BuiltMarchMadness.com. You can go and vote for your favorite bar or pub. It's your final day. Do it now and enter for a chance to win a free box of Built. One of 50 lucky Locked On listeners can win. And one Locked On fan gets a 12-month subscription to Built. So you get those bars or puffs delivered straight to your door. Hopefully, it's cookies and cream puffs. You got to try Built. I love Built. Why? They're the best protein bar in the world. The best protein bar ever made. So amazing, you can't believe that it's actually good for you. With high protein, low sugar, low calories, and yet 100% real chocolate. Don't know how they pull it off, but they always do. BuiltMarchMadness.com. It's your final day to vote for your favorite bar or puff, and you can pick up a box or two while you're there. Well, we got to talk about the Twins opener. It's not just about the win. It's about everything around it, and I have I cannot wait because I, I love this, and I can't wait to talk about it. But, Reggie, this is your topic, man. Jump out there. What you got? Yeah, so yesterday, not necessarily the most you know thrilling game. I think the Twins stranded a bajillion runners. Mm-hmm. The pitching was good. Pablo Lopez on his first start as a Twin looked good, man, looked good. You can argue that Rocco maybe pulled him a little too early. He was looking like 2020 one Rocco mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling pulling his starters 2022 Rocco I should say pulling his starters early but Pablo looked good we we had good returns from Correa and Buxton as well but the biggest thing for me I was looking after the game at some of the notes the game was two hours and 32 minutes that is amazing that is amazing. You kind of think about it and, you, you know, you talk about how some pitchers work faster than others and you're like, oh, man, he's going through the lineup. But then, you know, there's other pitchers that come in, maybe in relief. They kind of have their routines and all that stuff. I think the game had so many unnecessary lulls and 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 drags in the game that this pitch clock that they've now instituted kind of eliminates some of that. So just some of the 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 noise that 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 was just like you know the guy stepping out of the box he's just looking around oh this is nice look at all the fans in here all right let me step back into the box let me you know do my little thing the pitcher's just standing there just i like they got rid of all of the the unnecessary wait times in baseball and i think it paid off because yesterday's game wasn't the most exciting but you looked up you're like oh man they're already in the sixth oh man they're in the ninth oh it's over okay cool, I can go home and, and spend time with my family. Like, I think those are going to be some some cool takeaways from this season, and I am just loving the pitch clock. Yeah, what you got, Luke? It, yeah, I know it's the Royals, but, I mean, a two-hitter, uh, you absolutely love to see it. Ties the team record for fewest hits allowed on opening day, so that was kind of cool. Most importantly, it means the bullpen, like Reggie said, came in and just did their job. And that was obviously something fans had some PTSD from after last season, watching so many middle relievers and closers turn so many wins into losses. So just to see guys like Dilbar, Griffin Jacks come in, take care of business, and then to see that nasty combo of Lopez, who was an all-star closer for Baltimore last summer, setting up Johan Duran. It's just really exciting to see this team get a fresh start because it always felt like 
the talent and players were never the issue last year, but between just countless injuries and their bullpen situation, they just needed a full offseason to kind of hit the reset button. And now they got the new scoreboard, the new uniforms, the new rules, like Reggie pointed out. And probably most importantly, isn't what's changed. It's what they get back. Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton legs out a triple yesterday. So yeah, a great start. Life is good at Target Field right now. Hopefully it can stay this way for the foreseeable future. I just think there's a lot to be optimistic about with this team. That's for sure, Ron. Sam. Yeah, a couple couple familiar things that I didn't love, which was the, you know, pulling the starter with 85 pitches and nobody on base in the sixth inning. I mean, when you start doing righty lefty matchups in the sixth with a two two run lead and your starter is pitching pretty well, I didn't love that. Um, you use like what five relievers. I don't know if you needed to use five, probably could have just used three. Um, so again, micromanaging the pitching staff does worry me a bit. Left way too many runners on base. That was a problem last year. Not going to complain about a win, though. Um, you know, let's get 10, 15, 20 games under our belt and then make some bigger judgments. But pitch clock is the huge story. Only three games out of 15 in Major League Baseball went over three hours yesterday. That is a gigantic fix for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think the same thing. I'm going with the pitch clock. Like, I am not a baseball, uh, like, aficionado. Like, I'll go. I love to take my kids to because we we haven't been to a wild game yet. Me and my wife have. Um, but we haven't taken the kids yet to that. But we've been to Twins. We've been to Gopher Softball. Uh, we've been to the Vikings. We've been to the Timberwolves. So, you know, we try to take them to every sport. And baseball is that one. Like, by the seventh inning, sometimes you're like, all right, let's go home. Like, this is – this has been way too long. We've been here for three and a half hours, and the game's not done yet. Like, we've gone to uh, the Twins games in Detroit. Like, the Twins played the Tigers in Detroit, and I'm from Detroit, so we took the kids to that. Same thing. It was it was luckily, we thought it was going to go long, and then it was one of those weird, like, double headers where they only played seven innings or something like that. I can't remember why, but I remember I think the Twins end up winning or something. Uh, because of like a pop fly. It was something weird, but I, I do remember it being like seven innings. I'm like, oh, this was perfect. Like this is exactly what it should be. And now we're getting it. Now we're getting the two hour games. You'll get more fans. And I think that's the story of the year is going to be if they can keep these games down to this short, they have something cooking. Well, we got to talk basketball, people. It is time for Rudy Gobert to join the annals of Minnesota sports history. He has finally snapped. And he's going to get fined. And I can't wait because I love it. The Frenchman is attacking. But he said that the, 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 the fans and the – or no, not fans, sorry. The referees in the NBA won. And we know there's been like Connolly, or I think that was the ref's name, got in trouble for cheating, uh, for gambling, sorry. And he was actually a ref so he could fix games. Suns, they say they want the Suns. They say they want the Clippers. And uh, who else did he say? The Lakers. Yeah. And he said one other team, too. I can't remember the other team he said, but he said like they, they want those teams in the playoffs. They don't care about the, the Timberwolves. And so they're cheating. What are your thoughts on that, Luke? Because I love it. I love it, too. Now, obviously, that, that game versus the Suns, one of the worst officiated games I've sat down and watched this season. I mean, really no two ways about it. I think it's important to keep in mind, though, just to play a little devil's advocate, Wolves have this somewhat poor reputation when it comes to officiating. They're top three in fouls committed, top three in flagrant fouls, top three in ejections. So they've got this kind of bad rep among the refs right now, and it does go both ways. I think back to that Atlanta game, what, like a week and a half ago, 10 days ago, Sadiq Bay fouled on the last play of the game. Hawks down by one. Refs swallow the whistle, though. No call. Wolves win a game they probably should have lost. So... I think the Wolves just need to figure it out, man. I mean, they need to play through it, ride out the storm somehow, some way, because whether it's playoffs or the play-in game, they're going to be playing some 
really meaningful basketball here very soon, and they just need to figure it out and find a way to just kind of persevere through it. The Nas Reed injury, of course, an absolute heartbreaker. And outside of maybe Jalen Noel, he's kind of been hobbled by this knee injury. We were so close to being able to say this is the most healthy we've seen this team since what? early November, because that's when they lost McLaughlin, Prince, and Cat, bang, bang, bang. So he's been obviously the secret weapon, the X-Factor, monster playmaker coming off the bench. So with him out, now it's just another obstacle to kind of overcome and not a lot of time to figure out what it all needs to look like without him. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out here over these next two, three weeks, Ron. Yeah, Sam? Yeah, I mean, this is clearly cats um complaining must have been contagious to Rudy. I mean, Rudy comes here and now and now he's got the the bug because the Wolves are one of the whiniest organizations in <laughs> basketball. Maybe some of it's justified, but also just just flush it and get to the rim and just keep putting officials in position to make those calls. Like at, over time, this stuff does even out. Luke's right. Like there are a lot of examples where the wolves are beneficiaries. You know, Chris Finch has got to work the officials maybe a little bit better and, uh, and make sure they're getting some of these makeup calls. Cause that is part of the sort of the politics within the game uh, that you have to play. Anthony Edwards, he's, he's got to attack the rim. You know, you got to just continue to do the right things and you're going to have some bad calls against you, but, just keep putting yourself in good positions, and I think that it evens out. Um, I, I hate losing Nas Reed. I mean, true, truly do. This is going to put more on Cat. It's going to put more on Luca Garza. Is that Luca Garza's uh, bat signal? I think it might be. So big game against the Lakers tonight. What you got, Reggie? Yeah, every team thinks that they are being wronged by the officials, and nothing has really proven that when they complain, you know, there, there's times where they're like, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to take the fine. This is what I think. Like, I don't know if that is anything that necessarily helps or does it just stoke the fire? Like, I, I don't know that 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 really like in that next game or whatever, the, the refs are going to be like, oh, man, like Rudy Gobert said something. So let me make sure that I'm on my P's and Q's and and give him the cause that he deserves. Like, I, I just don't think that it, it it's just. I'm getting fined for speaking out against the refs. I just lost some money. I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I think is going on in that situation. As for Nas Reed, like the dude has just been getting buckets. And the problem is with him being out, there is no one person that replaces his level of production. And so you, you now you're looking at guys like Luca Garza, Nathan Knight, Matt Ryan, like all these different guys who – can kind of do what he does like collectively, but not like, I mean, my goodness, he went and dunked on all of Sacramento the other night. I think Michael Grady just about flipped out of his seat when he dunked like that. Like there's nobody else that has the impact on the game. And then you talk about just having a backup big man like that. He's, he's getting boards. There've been times where he's outplayed Rudy Gobert there have been times where he's outplayed Cat. And so I think that's something that you really hate to lose and you hope that the the wrist does not have him out for a significant amount of time, but it does look like that might be the case. Well, here I go with it. You got the Nuggets at the number one seed. I'm actually scared of the Nuggets now. I watch them. They're a really good team. They play really good sound basketball and Yoka, and, uh, sorry, the Joker is just He's phenomenal. Like, and I don't know if Rudy Gobert wants to cover him, you know, 30 feet outside the basket. Like he plays out wide. He can then get down low if you end up switching. So they're a scary team. You got the Grizzlies and the Kings. Those top three are going to be in the top three. It's not flipping. 
But when you go down to the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, any of those three can flip. You got the Pelicans, the Wolves, the Lakers, the Thunder, and even the Mavericks. Those could switch. The Mavericks and the Lakers at 10 and 9 could be the scariest 10 and 9 seed ever. And so when you talk about the the the, the, the refs and trying to flip it, and I get where, where Luca's going, or not Luca, sorry, Gobert. He's saying that he feels like, like, we'll see tonight. If all of a sudden the Lakers get all the calls because they want the Lakers to be the AFC, because the Lakers beat the Timberwolves tonight, they are now the AFC, and the Timberwolves are now in the play-in, the true play-in at nine. So if it happens, they are definitely cheating. They definitely want the Lakers in the playoffs. So I understand where he's going with it. Um, as far as Nas Reed, yeah, that's going to be tough. I said this before, and I said it again. The bench matters. And when you don't have another piece, now you're really going deeper into your bench and you're asking more players to help out. And the fact that if Nas Reed is out, that does hurt when other cat needs a breather. If Gobert has to come out and I've said Nas Reed should finish games. Like I think he was the guy to finish games down the stretch because he gives you better offensive production than Rudy Gobert. But it is what it is. We have to move on to the final four. We know FanDuel, the parlays are going to be popping this weekend. The final four is here, and Sam Ekstrom knows who you should put your money on. And remember, people, you can now download Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your Amazon Fire or your Roku TV device, search in your app, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can get all of our videos, all of our shows right there to your TV, and you can see Sam tell you who you should put your money on for the final four. I'll start with you, Sam. What you got for the final four? I would love to sit here and tell you that the Florida Atlantic Owls are going to win the whole thing. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Florida Atlantic is the darling. They're the Cinderella. But you know what? The Final Four is where Cinderella's usually go to die. Very rarely do the Butlers or the Loyolas of the world actually go to this thing and win. The champion is going to be the Connecticut Huskies. They shoot the three. They rebound like crazy. They move the ball wonderfully. They defend the three. They've got depth. UConn is going to come out of the Final Four on Monday, and they are going to win the NCAA tournament. Mm, what you got? Luke. Pretty chalked to go with UConn. How could you not? They've been by far the most dominant team, destroying everybody in their path. They've won four games by combined 90 points. They embarrass Arkansas and Gonzaga. So I get why they're the favorites. I really do. But I got to tell you, I've been riding this Miami train since round two, and all they've done is just prove people wrong game after game after game. They beat the number one, the number two, and the number four seeds, and that's a lot more than UConn can say right now. They got three different players who've scored 25 points or more thus far through the tourney, and if there was ever a tourney where anyone could win it, it just definitely feels like this is the one. So don't count out Miami. I think this one's a lot closer than people think. I love the plus five and a half they're getting, and then I'm going to go against the grain, against Sam. Give me FAU. They got something special going on right now. They're maybe the most adaptable, the most flexible team right now left. They can adjust to any opponent. They're coming off that huge win versus Kansas State, arguably the hottest team in the tournament at the time. So I got FAU beating Coach O'Connell's alma mater Saturday, but I certainly expect two more close games in what's been just a off-the-wall bonkers March Madness this year. So it should be a lot of fun. Reggie? Yeah, I will say I do believe that whoever wins that UConn-Miami is 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 probably going to win it all, but I, I think it makes sense to pick UConn just because like they're like probably like the best of what's left. They're the only but, blue blood left. Yeah, but I just do not trust. I don't tr- like this. This particular March Madness has been the most crazy that I think we've ever seen. 
to the point where we have the most obscure Final Four that we could have had, you know, outside of Princeton making it or something like that. Like, this has been incredibly crazy. And so I think what I think is maybe Miami, just because, like, it just makes too much sense that UConn would win it all. And maybe we we talk about this next week, and it was as simple as UConn just taking care of business. But I don't know. I think maybe Miami or it could be FAU. Yeah. No, so where I go with it, I, I so people try to bring up, like, this is not the worst seeded Final Four because they tried to bring up the fact that a UCLA made it in 2021 as an 11th seed. Stop it. Stop it right now. This is the most obscure. I agree with Reggie. UCLA was the 11th seed, but it's still UCLA. Gonzaga was the number one seed. They were still in it. Baylor was the number one seed. They were still in it. And Houston was the two seed. So other than UCLA, it was a normal final four as, as far as what people picked in their brackets because people had Baylor in there. People had Gonzaga in there in 2021. So stop it. Stop it right now. When you talk about this year, I mean, one, I'm going to go. I can't wait to watch South Carolina play Iowa in the women's. Mm. Caitlin Clark versus Dawn Staley's team. Caitlin Clark's going to win the Dawn Staley Award. And then she's probably going to beat Dawn Staley because she's going to shoot oh, the lights it. out. Stop I got to. I cannot wait to watch Iowa play South Carolina. Now, South Carolina is going to smother Caitlin Clark. They're going to double team her. That's the one thing about women's basketball is she needs another shooter. Uh, but as far as the men's go, I want Miami to win it all only because the media is going to go all over the world about this NIL. All the coaches are going to make it even worse. They bought their final four. Shut up. Shut up and buy it too. Go pay for your players like Target, Best Buy, Cargill, 3M. Go buy Ben Johnson a team. Shut up. Stop being mad that, that Miami Mills. spent the money. General Mills. Every, I mean, Lando Lakes Butter, whoever. Like, we got five, like, uh, uh, we got so many Fortune 500s in Minnesota. I think it's like 18 of them. Go buy Ben Johnson a Final Four. You only need a million dollars and like three players. Miami bought two players in. They're paying the ones getting eight hundred thousand. The others getting a hundred thousand. The cab, the cab, what Cavender or Caviender? How do you say those girls' names? Uh, the two twins from Miami. One doesn't even play, but they bought them over, and they're making like a couple million dollars in NILs. They made it to the to the uh, Elite Eight. Go buy it. Shut up and go buy Ben Johnson the team. I'm sick of hearing this. Miami did what was legal and they're winning because of it. It does, and they were the five seed. It wasn't like they were a one seed and they killed the season. They finally are gelling together. So shut up and go buy them. Go buy Ben Johnson the team. But I hope Miami Woo. does it because I want I want them to all be mad that Jim uh, uh, Larry. I cannot say his name. Larry Nega. Larry Nega uh, bought. But not bought. Sorry, the NIL bought him some good players to help him out, and they are now in the Final Four. If they beat UConn, I think they can beat FAU. I think FAU can beat San Diego State because San Diego State shouldn't beat Creighton. That was a stupid foul at the end of the game, but I'm not going to go off about that. But we want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Friday Roundtable. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Luke Inman. That's Sam Ekstrom. I'm Ron Johnson. And remember, people, like, comment, share, download, and subscribe. That's that. That's why we're still in this. And, and to the guy that I met yesterday from Tracy, Minnesota, I appreciate you for continuing to listen and, and download the Ron Johnson show. It was one of the coolest experiences because he came up and he's like, man, you you really think that? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you and Sam were talking about the, uh, I don't know what we were talking about yesterday or it was Wednesday, but he brought up our Wednesday show, Sam. So I, yeah. I, I truly appreciate that. Thank you for being a Locked On Sports uh, subscriber. Continue to watch and tell your friends about it. Uh, but again, thank you. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.